Following Christ in 2021 is not for the faint of heart. Striving to be a kingdom man isn't about packing up and taking a vacation. It's about getting your mind right, your gear packed, and heading into war. It's more important now than ever before to stand up for what's right and just in the eyes of the Lord and seek His truth. This ain't a cruise ship, fellas. It's a battleship. So buckle up and get ready for the truth, the uncomfortable truth. Hello and welcome back to the uncomfortable truth. Let's talk about something uncomfortable starting this podcast out today. Have you ever heard of MEMS? M-E-M-S. Stands M-E-M-S. No. You probably haven't because I just made it up. Oh, okay. <laughs> Stands for Manly Emotional Movie Syndrome. So have you ever, you know, uh, watching a movie? Say, let's go. Let's go back to the dating stage. Uh, you're watching the Notebook with your girlfriend at the time, and uh, she she's watching a, a sad part, and she's think, "Oh, that's cute," and looks over at you, and just tears are going everywhere. I don't know much about this, Brandon. Can you talk about this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm very familiar with being comfortable and crying in a movie. You're a jerk. <laughs> Uh, that scene, that scene in the holiday where uh, at the end of the movie, uh, uh, Cameron Diaz comes back. She's leaving. She comes back, and Jude Law. She walks into the house, and Jude Law meets her, and he's crying. That gets me every time we watch that. But uh, yeah, I don't know if that's uncomfortable or just being real or whatever. But it is funny. It is funny. Uh, I, I love that you called Brandon out. <laughs> I, I knew it was coming the minute that he said emotional movies. I was like, here we go. Hey, here's what's funny about that. I don't mind that I cry because Leah's, I guess she's just made peace with it in a movie. But it bothers me when I see men cry in a movie. How funny is that? <laughs> it's like, don't do it. Yeah. Don't do what I do. Yeah, don't be me. That's yeah. hilarious. You're Yesterday, a my wife was uh, watching The Help. Mm-hmm. Yes. Y'all seen that? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Well, there's a part in the movie where, um, um, I don't even know all the characters' names, but uh, the redheaded girl, curly hair. Yeah. She, uh, Her mom kicks the maid. Um, or the uh, the help mm-hmm. out of uh, the, the girl, the lady that raised her, the black lady that raised her, and um, and it's super sad. It's the saddest part of the entire movie. Oh yeah, it is. And uh, I looked over there, and my wife was, you know, all teared up, and and I was like, gosh, dang, you know, you trying to depress me? That that is the <laughs> yeah. that is the saddest. I mean, that's like the saddest part of any movie I've ever seen. You got to watch know? the rest of the movie. Yep. Yeah, it's a yeah. great. Then movie. it's okay. Yep. Yeah. All right, Brandon's up today. And uh, I'll open this up in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. God, thank you for giving us another opportunity to serve you. Lord, I pray we'll be your light today in everything we do. Um, just help us to uh, find your words and your wisdom through this podcast. And we love you. Amen. 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 So there's a story of a guy years ago who was coming home. It was right after Christmas time and he had had a long day and been working really hard and he heads back home and he pulls over off the side of the road to fill up with gas and then as he leaves he pulls further to the side of the road and it's kind of on a service road but he he gets off the service road and uh he sent in a few texts and you know being a responsible driver and uh he's sitting there and these lights pull up behind him and then the infamous red and blue come on and he's going what in the world i'm not doing anything wrong i'm sitting here 
you know, Adam, the way, mind my own business. Well, he looks in his rearview mirror, and here come two officers walking up. You know, we've all been there. It's not a good feeling. And uh, one comes to the driver's side, one comes to the passenger side. The passenger side officer has got his light shining. You know how they do. Mm-hmm. Shining in your vehicle where you can't see. Like, it's blinding. And the other officer comes to the driver's side and asks the gentleman to roll down his window, which he does. And he's got this look on his face that the officer does like he is going to arrest somebody tonight. I mean, it's just intense. The person sitting in the driver's seat is nervous, palms sweating. You know, what what could I have done? And, you know, he's driving a rather out-of-date vehicle that could look suspicious, okay, especially not pulled off the side of the road. So the officer begins to grill this person. You know, where have you been? What have you been doing? Uh, all of these things, and the driver has an answer for everything uh, without an issue. The other officer seems to be a little bit uh, almost feeling sorry for for the person being interrogated. And this goes on for 10, 15 minutes. And they go back to the officer's vehicle. You know how they do. They pull your record. They see if you have anything going. And there was one little hiccup. They the inspection sticker looked to be out, but it just was during the time when they had changed the whole inspection process. Okay. So it was in the system. So come back and long story short, basically they tell the guy, Hey, you've done nothing wrong other than you're sitting in an area that you're not supposed to sit in right off the service road, but your record's clean. So that person pulls off and heads back home with a sigh of relief. The reason that that story is, uh, so easy to tell for me is because it was me. And I want to tell that story for the piggyback onto God's sovereignty. See, if that would have happened to me, that was January of 2018. I had been working with Shane that day. Uh, He had uh, been doing Christmas lights and we'd worked all day. I was exhausted. If you would have rewound two months before then, or three, or five, or ten, or two years, or three years, or four years, it is most likely, I'm very confident I can tell you, that most likely I would have alcohol on my breath at that moment. Whether I would have had too much or not is really not the point of this story. The point is, is I would have been drinking and driving. And I would have probably gone to jail. Because I was in the 99 beat-up Suburban, which looked very suspicious, like a drug running vehicle or something. <laughs> I mean, I was re- eating rice and beans on the day Ramsey planned them. And they were looking to catch me doing something. And it was obvious they were by how intense the questioning is. So when I think about fast forwarding to today, well, let me back up a little bit more. December 17th, 2017. So a month before, and I've told this story before, I had been completely convicted and gave it all to God. For the first time in my adult life, I'd always held on to little strings of things I wanted to control because control is an issue in my life and my heart and control leads to pride and pride leads to stupidity. And the cycle has repeated itself many times in my life, but I was able to pull away from there. And looking back, I recognize that moment as God's sovereignty. Okay. Why? I don't know if I'll ever be able to tell you. Why was I fortunate enough to never be pulled over without calling my breath all the times I would have had it on my breath and not gone to jail? I don't know. All I know is I can praise the Lord that he saw it fit for me to have that uh, not occur. So when I think about God's sovereignty now, 
although it seems like a very daunting thing to understand, I think it really, as Paul wrote often to the Ephesian church, the Colossians, uh, Philippine, uh, Philippian church, all of those churches, he considered it comfort to know God's sovereignty. So I was looking through, and I wanted to just focus on a couple of quick verses to kind of help people with God's sovereignty and maybe draw some, uh, connect some dots. So Ephesians 1, 11. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Predestined all things according to his will. So if you believe Genesis 1, 1, okay, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. If you believe that, then you have to believe in God's sovereignty. Now, there's one other cool thing that I found, and I did not know this, guys. You may not have, and I'll tie it into kind of my question for you guys in discussion. In Isaiah 45, God tells Isaiah that Cyrus will eventually be the future leader 150 years into the future. He tells him. Wow. No, I didn't know that. And it happens. That's where? So he that's in Isaiah. Know, he doesn't even know who Cyrus no, is. No clue. He just knows that God said Cyrus is going to be Right. Leading. And just a very, like, 30,000-foot view of what was going on in that conversation, God's basically saying he, he's going to be a ruler for these purposes. Right. So God's using man to form, create his will. The piece that's so hard many times for people who want to get down into chasing a rabbit hole is how can I have free will and God can be sovereign? And to me, this is just where I found my piece, and I want to hear y'all's take on it. That gap of not knowing and not ever fully being able to wrap my brain around that is the beauty of God. It's the faith that I have that he is in total and utter control every second of every day before I was born, the days I lived, and after I die for eternity. To me, that's peace and comfort. That's not worry, and I can't understand it, and let me figure it out. So I'm curious, when you guys hear God's sovereignty, what does that mean to you? Because Isaiah also talks about, and I'm paraphrasing here, be very careful questioning God's sovereignty. I mean, he's more pointed than that. I can't remember the exact verse, but he's like, you don't want to do that. Because then you go back to, you know, I am the potter, you are the clay. You know, the clay doesn't look up to the potter and go, what are you doing, man? Right. He trusts, or it trusts, you know, figuratively speaking. So, what are y'all's takes on sovereignty? Is there something that really jumps out to you when you hear the word sovereign? Or how has it manifested in your life from a new believer to today? I'll take it. I'll take, I'll take, I've got some thoughts. You know, I think that, um, you know, from, from God's sovereignty standpoint in my life, it's, um, it's, it's exciting and it's scary all at the same time. You know, it's, it's like, uh, I don't know what's going to happen, but God does, you know? So mm-hmm. the exciting thing is that I know that God does. The scary thing is that I don't, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, 
you know, we talked about faith, you know, a, a couple podcasts ago. Um, we talked about the definition of faith and and how uh, it's so important to really for Christians to uh, just understand and be confident in assurance, having the assurance of knowing that God's in control mm-hmm. and that um, and essentially that's what faith is. It's that assurance, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, the assurance of the of of the hope that we have in the Lord. No um, and so when I think about sovereignty, I think about faith. I mean, I feel like like you just said yeah. that, that you 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 said sovereignty, and the third word after that was faith. Yep. Um, you know, I just think that um, right now it's it's so important for us. And this is again what we talked about a couple of weeks ago, more than ever, to be able to, um, I guess, to to really take hold of our faith. Mm-hmm more so than we ever have before. Um, you know, I just feel like that Christians have to focus on the sovereignty of God now more um, in these times of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's we're living in times of uncertainty, of not knowing what tomorrow's going to bring, of not knowing if when this pandemic's going to end, mm-hmm. um, not knowing how far we're going to be divided by it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's just so much division, you know, what Shane talked about in the last couple of weeks, couple of podcasts, you know, I mean, there's just so much division. And the thing is, is we have the sovereignty of God. Yep. Mm-hmm. Christians have the sovereignty of God. We have that to hold on to, to take with us every day. And the, the, the fact is, is that the living word of God tells us that he wants wonderful things for us. He desires us to live fulfilling lives. And we have to believe that and know that, especially in these times of great division and, and fear. You know, I just think that it's so important to take hold of that sovereignty and to know and have faith that he's in control. We're not. Uh, for, for the four guys in this room, I know that's difficult because we like to be in control. Um, we like to have control and, or think that, you know, there's some type of illusion there, Mm -hmm. you know, of control in our lives. And I just think that, you know, we've got to focus more than ever, encourage each other more than ever to know that he's got, he's got this, the victory's already been won. The battle's been won. You know, we hear that a lot, but, you know, hearing it and taking it and making it truth in your life are two different things. You know, and yeah. so, you know, that's what I think about when I think about the sovereignty of God and I think about um, faith and and really taking grasp and hold of that faith and just knowing that in these scary, uh, uncertain times that the battle's already been won. You yeah. know, the victory's there. When I think about God's <clears throat> sovereignty, um, I always go back to 20 years ago. And uh, because I just think it's so cool how this um, this event that happened, which I was terminated from a job that I absolutely deserved. <laughs> I, I didn't deserve the job. I deserved to be terminated. Um, and um, anyway, uh, I was working at the Marshall Life Center. I've told this story before. Uh, I haven't got into the – I don't think I've got into any of the details. Um, however, uh, do you all know Richard Lynch? 
I do. Okay. Yes. Richard, <clears throat> Jana Sims was my boss. You know I Jana. saw Jana last she, night at church. Yeah, she's at... Um, at Legion she, Fields. Uh, yeah, I think she's uh, like the assistant volleyball coach. Because uh-huh. uh, the reason I know is because every time Wadok beats them in volleyball, I get to... Well, <laughs> hey, not plays, not yeah. plays them. Yeah, beats them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's funny. Um, You're not competitive at all. Sean. No, no, no. Wadok is ranked number one in state right now. Come on now, volleyball. Um, but uh, Jana was my boss. Uh, Richard Lynch, uh, Ray. What is Ray's name? Um, oh gosh, Delk. Yep. Okay. Yep. yep. Ray, and then there I was another son, Austin. Was, yeah, and there was another guy. Uh, these were all super good people. Yes. Okay. And um, you know, and and here I am, 24 years old at the time. I'm 44 now, and uh, 24 years old. And uh, man, I was coming into work. I'd come in late. I'd be on my phone, which this was right before smartphones really kicked off. I'm on the internet this every is a day. Nokia, where you played Snake on your phone. Yeah, it wasn't a Nokia. Nokias were a few years before that. Okay. It was like a Razor, okay. and then uh, a and then a BlackBerry. Okay. I remember Blackberries were really oh, getting yes. off. And um, anyway, so 20 years ago, I mean, just and every day I'm coming in and I'm looking at antler chandeliers online. Okay, so you see where I'm going with this. Yeah. That's where I met Robbie Schultz, who's one of my best friends today. Okay, and. Uh, it's just crazy to me to look back on it and to know in that moment I'm about to get married. I'm just getting married, okay? While I worked there for six whole months, uh, I had gotten married, and then I'm moving into um, uh, got a baby on the way. I'm freaking out, you know. So I got to – there's a bunch of crazy things happening. And um, I would show up late every day on my phone, on the Internet – Long story short, uh, I ended up getting terminated from the job, rightfully so. And uh, Richard Lynch walked me to uh, to my truck, and he said uh, he could tell I was distraught because, I mean, I'm going to have to call my pregnant wife, and, hey, you know, I just lost my job. And uh, for her, the fact that I got that job, it was such a big job security. And, I mean, for her, she was just like, oh, man, this is so awesome. And I get paid this much more after. And, and guys, I wasn't making very good money at all. But Yeah, but at 24, it, 20 years ago. Yeah. 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 And, it was probably uh, a lot. Yeah. It, well, no, it wasn't a lot. I think, Rel- I think, relative. I think, I, think, I think it was thirteen fifty an hour. Okay, relative to your situation yes. in life, it yeah. was enough. Oh, yes. It was yeah. enough. It was enough. Plus, I had my wife who was making like four, five, six times as much as I was. And uh, as a nurse. And so he walks me uh, to my truck and he he said, uh, you know, he could just tell I was so upset. And he said, God bless you. It's going to be okay. And I hopped in my truck, drove home, tears in my eyes. I was all just, you know. And, you know, here I am 20 years later looking back on that situation. And, wow, you know, I truly believe um, that – it was God seeing around the corner and guiding my path at the time. And what I saw is this horrible trial and tribulation that I was going through and this, this terrible thing. And it just turned to into such a blessing. It turned into me being bold and starting my own business and growing that business. That's doing 3 million a year today, which is amazing, uh, which I'm, we're only a 10% partner in that company now, but it led me to insurance. It led me to hire an OB. It led OB to into insurance. It, it led us to doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just so amazing 
to see the sovereignty of God in that moment 20 years ago, and here we are 20 years later, and these people that I just thought were the devil at the time, you know, here I am 20 years later go, man, these were great people yep. that rightfully terminated me because I deserved it, dude. Yeah. I mean, I just did. But what that did to me mentally was like, hey, I'm never going back into corporate America. I got to start this company. I was able to start this company that in turn, uh, you know, blessed a lot of people with jobs and and did all these crazy things. I mean, just really just set the table for for me to be the man that I am today, and and I'm not saying I'm perfect by any means. I'm I'm a failure in a lot of ways, but I'm broken just like everybody. But it, on the flip side of that, um, I feel like I'm 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 better than I've ever been at, at the same time, you know. And uh, man, it's just awesome. God, and, God's and using you now more than he ever has. No doubt about yeah. it. And it, it and it's uh, and to see the sovereignty of 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 God in that moment. Uh, that I perceived as devastation at mm-hmm. the time, which is kind of funny because it really wasn't. But um, you Brilliant. know, it's just uh, it's amazing. God it, is God is amazing. It but, proves that like the things that we go through in our past that we think are the end of the world. Sure. Like when you look back now, you can. It helps with our situations now too. And realize like this too will pass. Right. Sure. You know, I mean, Obi, you're talking about when you think about sovereignty, you think about faith. Without faith, we can't truly believe that God is sovereign. Because if we don't have that faith, then there's doubt, right? That's right. And there's doubt that God is who he says he is. But what develops faith? So faith is developed by relationships and experience. Mm -hmm. And so when we have and continue to grow, okay, so like with Sean's example, he's continued to grow and through those experiences and his uh, relationship with the Lord and all of us, what we should be doing is should be growing in that relationship, that faith continues to develop. And when, when faith develops and we really have true faith, then that's when those blessings start to come. And when we recognize those things, we need to pay tribute to where they come from. Right. Um, just a quick story, and I've talked about this before, but when... When my wife's dad died, two days before he died, we found out that we were pregnant with our first child. And so through death, God planted the miracle of life in my wife. And that was like one of the probably biggest things that like in your face blessing through faith, through death, God planted life. Um one of those experiences in my life that I can always go back to. Like God is sovereign. I can have faith in him. I can grow a relationship with him and trust in him. And through that relationship and experience, he will continue to bless us. The the thing that jumps out to me in all of that uh, and, and sovereignty is 20 years, go back 20 years to Sean's story. Sean could have been, and this is, this is where God's sovereignty like is so peaceful to me. Sean could have been the perfect employee that didn't get fired, that still sits here today and tells us about God's sovereignty and how that moment of that great experience, maybe worked there five years and then he met some. You know, it. I think that's the important piece Shane's alluding to is that the faith is God's given me the free will to choose him 
through relationships, through trials, through tribulations, through successes. But ultimately, like my business partner Nate said to me the other day as we were talking about all this chaos, he goes, Brandon, he's, and he's a, he's a, well, he was a pastor. He is a pastor. He's just not with the church right now. He said, I tell people this all the time, and this is a great reminder. He said, I will never show up before the Lord. And he go, what are you doing here? You got here early. <laughs> hey, bud. Uh, I didn't ever. expect to see you. <laughs> ever. Yeah. It will not ever be a surprise. He's not ever surprised. So in one way, we're down here just, in my mind, like running around like chickens with our heads cut off sometimes. If we just stop and plant our feet in the firmness of his goodness and his word and just go, you got this, God. And I'm going to do everything I can to show people through my actions and my relationships that I know you got it, even if life is sucking at the moment yep. to the world standards. When we give up that control or the illusion of control, there's pure freedom. Mm. But we, before we do that, we feel like the freedom's in the control. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. <clears throat> That's extremely you know, true. Funny thing, um, there's been probably two or three times over the last 20 years, I've wanted to call Richard Lynch and say, thank you, brother. Yeah. God really did bless me. Yeah. And uh, it almost makes me emotional thinking about it, you know, because it's um, such a real thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and wow, you know, I, I just don't know if I would have jumped off that cliff, you know, or, or whatever it is to, to start that company or to do this or to do that. And um, I don't know. It's just um, – Pretty cool, man. I, it really is. You know, one thing that stuck out to me is Brandon saying, you've got this, God. You've got this, God. And and um, saying that and believing that are are two different things. And, you know, I, you, you know, you've got, you've got to believe it. You've got to believe it. And, and the only way you get to the point, and we've talked about this uh, several times throughout our previous 50 some odd podcast is, you know, how do you get to that point? How we've talked about people that we know, uh, whether they're in our church and our lives in some capacity that, you know, nothing, they're unwavering. They, they, they just, they, they're full of joy. They're full of certainty. They're full of faith, you know, and they know that God is on his throne every day. They know that whatever happens, whenever that hardship strikes, they're unwavered. <laughs> and, and, and that takes a lot, getting through a lot of hardship. It takes getting through a lot of trials and, and, and adversity. And, and it takes building that relationship with God and, and seeing, like Shane said, having those experiences having those experiences of trial and tribulation and, and coming through it and know that God's got you every time. And, and, uh, it, it's, it's not easy to get to that point to where, you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, when you say, God, you've got this God, you know it, mm-hmm. you know it. And, and I struggle with it sometimes right now. You know, I mean, I know that I, I know that, um, you know, God's got it and and I know it you know and and but the trial continues mm-hmm. you know and and you get scared and you get nervous and you you know just like Sean talked about throughout our covid journey you know 
you know, you're asking God to heal you and, and you're not getting, you might not be getting healed in the time that you want. We don't have control over that. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and you begin to waver a little, you know, and, and, and I just think, and I just think it's important to point out that the only way that we get to that point in our relationship with the Lord is, 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 is getting into alignment, spending time, that relationship has to be nourished just like your marriage, just like your best friend. You know, I mean, what, whatever, just think of, think of the most important relationship that you have on this planet in your actual life. Um, and that is, is how your relationship has to be with your father in heaven. It, it has to be that and you want it to be even stronger than that one you know and mm-hmm. and so uh, that's my goal my goal is to is for my relationship with my father in heaven to be the most the strongest relationship i mean it's certainly the most important but i want it to be the strongest most unwavering relationship that i have in this in in the world and i don't know i i just think you know it's easy to say you've got this god and it's a lot harder to know beyond a shadow of a doubt and have that full faith that we talk about um, when, whenever we uh, – that we're talking about right now, you know. And so, um, you know, just tr- build that relationship um, with the Lord, you know, build, build it as, as much as you can. So to kind of tie that all up, you know, when you go back to the Word, which is our guide – to how to live this life and our connection to our relationship with our heavenly father, you see over and over and over again that God's sovereignty is learned and processed through trials and through human beings taking action, flawed human beings. So our verse for the day, just to kind of focus on what God's sovereignty was Ephesians one 11 in him. Also, we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Thanks for joining us today. If you would, if you've gotten any value out of this, which uh, there is always value in his word, uh, please leave us a review, uh, like, share the podcast, subscribe, uh, help us reach more people for Jesus. We really, really appreciate it. Thanks for being here today. Go out and kick the day in the face, and we'll catch you on the next one.